a Christmas poem that relates to our reading that we're about to hear. And it begins with the quote, Where is he that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. There used to be stars in the east long ago, back when the earth was all there was, resting under its velvet blanket of jewels. But now the stars are a billion strong and they are everywhere. And we are floating at the edge of emptiness. And east isn't anywhere but an idea. Which star will guide us now when we can see so far? One of those numberless distant pinpricks that for all we know could have burnt itself out an eon ago? What about that brilliant and volatile ball that lights our days and gives us life and turns out to have been a star all along? Could we, in its bright and healing warmth, knowing that we too are made of star stuff, could we stand tall in the light and see in the broken mirror of each other the God of the stars in a baby, clean and round as a pebble? Star in the east, where is the king? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. There used to be stars in the east long ago, back when the earth was all there was, resting under its velvet blanket of jewels. But now the stars are a billion strong and they are everywhere. And we are floating at the edge of emptiness and east isn't anywhere but an idea. Which star will guide us now when we can see so far? One of those numberless distant pinpricks that for all we know could have burnt itself out an eon ago? What about that brilliant and volatile ball that lights our days and gives us life and turns out to have been a star all along? Could we in its bright and healing warmth, knowing that we too are made of star stuff, could we stand tall in the light and see in the broken mirror of each other the God of the stars in a baby, clean and round as a pebble? And the reading from the Gospel of Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. And King Herod heard this. He was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the anointed one was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. So it's been written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learnt from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go 
and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. What do we know uh, other than this about the three wise men? Well, we don't know that there were three. We just have three gifts mentioned. We don't really know that they were wise. We know they were magi. And magi were, uh, is the, where we get the word magician. They were, it was a term for Zoroastrian priests who were from the regions of Persia and a little bit further east. They might have been wise, but we don't know. And, of course, we know they were men. Because it's always men, isn't it? But we don't really know much more than that. But nothing happens in Matthew's Gospel that doesn't relate to the Hebrew Scriptures, the tradition of the people for whom he was writing. So there's links in this story back to one of the Psalms where kings will come and give gifts to a new a ruler, a messiah, an anointed one. Um, there's a mention of gold and frankincense in the book of Isaiah. And also camels, which is probably where we get the camels from because they don't appear in the gospel either. And there's lots we could explore in this story. Well, one of them being, is it if they were Zoroastrians, who were one of the first monotheists, that is people who believed in only one God, which was very unusual in the ancient world, did they influence the Jews or did the Jews influence the Zoroastrians? We don't know. We could explore that. We could explore the possible meaning of all the gifts and people have done this for years. The gold, frankincense and myrrh. Well, for example, gold was being sucked out of the empire into Jerusalem to build Herod's enormous temple, which was covered in gold. And here's somebody giving gold to someone other than Herod. We can look about the star because stars were really important in the ancient world. At the death of Julius Caesar, a star appeared, a comet, a star appeared in the, in the sky. And Octavian, very, very shrewdly, who became Caesar Augustus, saw the star and decided it was evidence not only that Caesar, that Julius Caesar was a god, but that he was the next anointed. And people bought it. Or at least he was powerful enough for people to say they bought it. All that's important, but you know what would have stuck out most to the people first hearing this? Is when the rich, when the, the three men, or the, you know, 12 men, or the 16 women, those people, when they came, the first thing they say is, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? And the first thing people would think about is, what are they doing? They are talking to who? The king of the Jews. You don't ask the current king of the Jews, uh, excuse me, where's the next one? And you don't do that and keep your head. They were talking right in front of the one who had been made king of the Jews by Caesar Augustus. 
He had been able to wrangle his way into this position. There's all kinds of history that we know about this um, by promising all kinds of taxes and tributes to be paid back to Rome, which was sucking dry the communities in, into which Jesus was born in poverty. It was the exact title that Herod had, King of the Jews. And even though he wasn't accepted by everyone, which is one of the reasons people think he was building this massive temple, partly to tell, show Rome that he really knew how to control a place, because there's nothing more the Romans liked to show that they really had control, is building big buildings, but also maybe to placate the Jews. That's why it was a temple. He was sort of half Jewish, half not. He was an Arab, and the Jewish-Arab thing, even though that's not a problem now, oh wait, it was a problem then too. Show us the new one. Matthew is the story, and it begins here, of the old going away and the new coming. Of the good and just replacing the evil and the corrupt. But it's a new that comes out of the old stories. So Jesus is somehow the person who is linked back to all these ancient stories, but will do something so new and revolutionary that rulers like Herod will just no longer be of importance. But how do you do it? How do you let go of the old and embrace the new? Particularly when the new is just a baby. You don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. There's nothing worse in a monarchy when the monarch dies and nobody's 100% sure what's going to happen when the new monarch takes place. Particularly if that monarch is still a baby and will be manipulated and controlled by regions. Our history's replete with it. When our queen dies... If she, if she ever does, um, we're not going to have that problem because we've moved on. But imagine what it would be like. How do you deal with the new when you're not sure what it's going to look like? No wonder King Herod and all of Jerusalem were frightened. The idea that there was a new king turning up. How do you deal with it? How do we deal with letting go of the old, even though we're near at the end of 2020 and most of us will be glad to see the back of it? on the hope that there'll be a vaccine. Will it change our world somewhat? Will it change fundamentally who we are and how we live? Probably not much. We're desperate to go back to the way things were, but we don't like a lot of the way, the way things were and we want something new. It's a really complicated time. I think there's a couple of things we can learn out of this story. Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? We need to seek out the new. We can't assume that what we've had we will always have again, which for many of us is good news if you didn't like what we had. Wouldn't it be great if we'd learnt uh, in our economy that the gig economy, where you had to go from job to job and pass the, the virus around, not only is bad for health, but it's bad for economic health and a person's well-being, and we change things. What if we did that? Where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? How do we... Take from the old and seek for the new. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. I don't know what 2021 is going to look like. I don't know how much the virus will make a, uh, the, the vaccine will make a difference. I kind of feel like it'll be okay for me because I live in Adelaide and Adelaide's doing okay at the moment, but many people I love live in terrible places. I have a friend who's he can see out of his window the ambulances lined up at the hospital with people just like him, not other people, but people just like him. 
And he could be next. How do you deal with the fear? Not like King Herod, who later in our story kills all of the male babies. Because there's one way to deal with the newborn king is to kill them all. Then they're all gone and there is no newborn king. It's called the slaughter of the innocents. And it's a, te- it's a terrible genocide. We can't kill the new. It's going to come anyway. And of course, Herod didn't. The baby and his mum and dad escaped as refugees across the border. In Bethlehem in Judea, for so it has been written by the prophets, somehow the old feeds into the new. What can we learn from the year that we've had of COVID? What can we learn from the times that we've had to lock down and not see other people? Just me in a room by myself. Turns out I'm not as good company as I thought I was. It's really hard. Some of us, this is how we live. Some of us live by ourselves and have learned the joy and the beauty of our own company. Some others others of us could learn that out of comfort. Then the wise men, the wise women came and they knelt and they paid him homage. We've got to acknowledge and welcome the new. We've got to let it happen. There's a great quote from a Canadian singer-songwriter called Bruce Coburn who says, you must take your place with grace and then be on your way. Knowing when your time is done, knowing when the old is done. We've got a wonderful example of this in the White House at the moment. His time is done and he doesn't acknowledge it. And it must be an extreme embarrassment for any intelligent people left in his administration. We've had the same here with political leaders. Bob Hawke never knew when his time was done. John Howard never knew when his time was done. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who should have resigned as a Supreme Court Justice in 2015 so that Obama could have appointed another justice, felt that she needed to hang on, even though she'd had three bouts of cancer. It's easy for us to get to this point where we... But I need to be here. I need to be doing this. I need to hang on to the past rather than just in humility. Turns out I'm not 25 anymore. Can't do the stuff I could do then. Turns out I'm in a different phase of my life. I can accept that with humility. And then the last bit is they opened their treasure chests and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. How do we give ourselves, of ourselves, give out of ourselves to the new? Embrace it. I don't know. Because I don't know what it's going to look like. I know that on New Year's Eve this year, I'm going to make some sort of vague um, sort of recommendations to myself about how I might live differently next year. And some of them I will embrace. Most of them I'll forget the next day with I've got a bit of a hangover. But it's still worth doing. It's still possible to expect that the new will come, that I can embrace it, I can give myself to it and live in truth. And knowing that God is present in that. Because right at the beginning of this story, in the, in the verses before the verse we read, an angel says, look, the virgin can, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us. Amen.